Welcome to New Life Church Sermons. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to connect more with us, go to newlifesl.church. Um, today, I want to read 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to read verse 10. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And in verse 23, David here, as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. And David heard them and all the men of Israel when they saw the man fled from him and were sore afraid. Uh, From this passage today, we're gonna work through something that I wanna title, In the Face of Defiance. In the Face of Defiance. Let's pray, let's ask the Lord to minister in this place today. Let's respond to the word by mixing our faith with it. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, we love you, we exalt you, we magnify you, for there's nobody like you in the heavens above or in the earth beneath. Father, we thank you, Lord, that as we began to worship you today, you fulfilled your word by manifesting your presence in our midst. Father, I pray now that as your word goes forth, that your spirit would back up your word because your word is truth. Confirm it today with signs following and minister to your people, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Let's give him some praise. You can be seated. This passage, familiar passage, there's um, a lot of stories told about it. Sunday school stories, of course. Every young man, every boy wants to be a David uh, in this battle with Goliath. And um, so in this passage, we see that um, there is a great struggle taking place. The nation of Israel is God's covenant people. The people that belong to the nation of Israel are in covenant with God. They have the promises of God. They are chosen by God. They are anointed by God because when you're in covenant with God, you are anointed. Your favor of God is upon you. All of those things. And uh, what we see here in this story is that Israel, though, is in a situation that they were never meant to be in. They were held captive in fear. They were held captive hiding timidly in their tents as one man comes out daily and simply holds a nation captive with his words. Um, He's a giant, of course, and he is uh, obviously intimidating. His spear, his shield were massive, big as any grown man here today. 
That was the size of the spear, the shield, if you will, that Goliath carried. There was a lot at work here in this story. And even though this story really happened, it is also a type or an example for the people of God throughout the ages to look at, study, and learn from. David, young teenage boy, approximately 16, 17 years old, comes into the camp of the Israelites who are at war with the Philistines. They're at war with the Philistines. They have no choice but to be at war with the Philistines. Yet, even though they're at war with the Philistines, there's not much fighting going on. They're hiding in their tents. Yet they're at war. Now, nobody likes war. Nobody chooses war first. But if you're going to go to war, you might as well fight. What's the point of going to war if you're going to hang out in your tent? You may as well just surrender to the enemy and let him take over. Because if you're at war and you're not fighting, you're really just surrendering. And so we see this with Israel. There's this paralysis on an entire nation. Simply because a giant comes out every day, opens his mouth, and speaks. Yet the words that he speaks are not just ordinary words. They're not just phrases or just talking there is a spirit behind his words. And it's revealed through the words. Verse 10. I defy the armies of Israel this day. Defy. This spirit at work in Goliath is manifested through the language in which he speaks. Not his native tongue, but the way he communicates with his words. It's defiance. It's defying the armies of Israel, which are the people of God. Defying the people of God is simply a front for defying God himself. Goliath wasn't just defying Israel because they were just a nation. No, he was defying the nation of Israel because of what the nation of Israel represented. The one true living God. Goliath did not worship the one true God, Yahweh, as revealed. His name is revealed in the Old Testament. Goliath was not interested in converting at all to worshiping the one true God, Yahweh. His God was Dagon. His deity was a false deity, a lesser deity of fallen angel uh, origin, if you will. Goliath was not interested in worshiping this one true God. So what we see here in this story is that this defiance against God and his people has kept a nation hemmed in, in their tents, not getting any victories, not getting back territory, 
Not advancing, not conquering, not overcoming, not winning. And the people of the one true God, the Almighty God, the Most High God, His people are hiding in tents. All because a giant is speaking words of defiance. And so defiance sparks fear into the hearts of the army of Israel. And this fear causes them to be timid and paralyzed as they sit there hiding. What we see here is that this uh, story is an example type shadow of what is to come. Goliath is a type of the Antichrist, which is the epitome of all that opposes God. Standing in the temple, declaring that he is God, Paul talks about that, the man of sin, son of perdition, that, that man that the Bible talks about revealed in, these, in the last days. And what does the Antichrist do? He opposes God. He defies God. Goliath is a type of that. Israel is a type of the church, God's people. The church is made up of every tribe, kindred, tongue, and nation. The book of Revelation reveals this. There will be somebody from every nation under earth in heaven one day rejoicing and worshiping around the throne. Do you believe that? You should, because that's what the word says. Yet, the church of Jesus Christ, that is God's holy nation. The church is a nation that is in this world, but not of this world. Yet, they are made, the church is made up of every nation under heaven, creating its own special holy nation unto God. And so, the church is a type of Israel. Israel is a type of the church, Goliath, a type of the Antichrist defying and opposing God and Israel is hiding. Now this is meant to be an example or a warning to us today. And when that great giant spirit that opposes God and all that is connected to God comes out and boasts blasphemies and stands proud and tall in defiance against God and his people, we cannot be like the nation of Israel, and hide simply because of words. You and I cannot become timid in our faith, our convictions, or our evangelism simply because there is a proud spirit opposing God and the things of God and the people of God. Because if we do, and we're at war whether we want to be or not, if you're going to go to war, you might as well fight. And so Goliath here comes out daily and blasphemes God and his people and defies God and his people. And he says, give me a man that we may fight. You see, Goliath wanted to fight. The enemy wants to engage in fight. Have you ever met someone that simply speaks words to get a rise out of you. They'll say something that just kind of 
jabs at you, they'll do it with a smile on their face. Just, their face says they love you. Their words say they hate you. I'm so confused. What's happening? Just a jab, you know, just to see if you'll respond. That's what Goliath is doing. Calling for a man to fight, but he's already got the upper hand through intimidation. Yet there's this boy. Comes in, hears what's happening, and says, man, that is not allowed. Do you guys hear what he is saying? Do you guys see what he's doing? He is defying God. He's defying our God. What are you going to do about this? Isn't enough enough? And so we know the story. We're familiar with it. David goes on and he comes to this conclusion. Well, I got to fight. I'll fight. No one else is going to do it. I'll do it. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody has got to stop this standoff. Somebody's got, enough is enough. Something's got to change. It's been this way for far too long. Is that connecting with anybody today? It's been this way for far too long. So the new guy walks up onto the scene. The older brothers, it's always the older brother. Every story in scripture, it's always the older brother. The one that's been around longer, the one that's been in the fight longer. They've lost their faith, they've lost their conviction, they've lost their passion. And so they're just going to sit down and die and let it all pass. It's always that spirit of the older brother. Cynical, faithless, doubting, afraid. And, and any time the, the younger brother wants to rise up with faith and answer the call of God, sit down. No, 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 no. It's time the older brother needs revival or he needs to die. <laughs> because there's a battle to be fought. There's a war to be won. Thank God David didn't allow the intimidation coming from his own camp to keep him from doing what God had sent him there to do. And so David is fighting Goliath and he's fighting his own brothers. But David had a relationship with God. He practiced that relationship on the hillside. Playing to the Lord and singing. Worshiping to the Lord and singing in prayer. Pouring his heart out to God. He defeated a bear and a lion that came to destroy the sheep that he was entrusted with by his father. He had won battles on his own. He knew things about God that the armies of Israel obviously didn't know. That his own older brothers obviously didn't know. Because they didn't have a relationship with God. You can tell the ones who practice their relationship with God. They say God can. The people that don't have a relationship with God say, we'll see. Because when you've been in the presence of the almighty God who created heaven and earth, there's something that takes place. 
the doubt is removed, the fear is removed, all cynicism, all carnality is removed. The older brother is an example of somebody that's been in it, but never gave themselves to it. They've been around it. They never walked with God on their own. They were connected to God's nation. But they did not represent his nation well. And so David comes in. I'll fight him. Somebody's got to fight. And so he tries to put on Saul's armor. He says, I can't wear this. I haven't proved it. I don't know how to fight in this. It's too big. What, 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 what am I going to do with this? I'll go out there and I'll die. Because when you try to be somebody you're not, you're, you don't stand a chance. You've got to be who God's called you to be. You've got to do what God's called you to do. And you can't fight your battle using uh, foreign methods. You've got to use what's tried and true. Now there's something that's tried and true for all of us. It's called the Word of God. It's prayer. It's fasting. It's getting before the throne. But you can't do it somebody else's way. You've got to do it the way God has called you to do. You've got to use your own testimonies. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Not the word of their pastor's testimony. Not the word of an elder's testimony. They overcame the enemy by the word of their testimony. If you uh, don't have a testimony, you have no weapon. And so David takes his staff. He chooses five smooth stones out of the brook, put them in a shepherd's bag. And he came, and the Philistine came to him and drew near to him, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. This is all a type. This is the way it's always been. We talk about end time stuff. This is the way it's always been. I don't know why end time freak people out so much. It's the way it's always been. Uh, Goliath, the Philistine, a type of the Antichrist because he's anti-God. Anything that is anti-God is anti-Christ. You can be anti-Christ if you're anti-God today. If you don't want what God has for you if, you, if you, if you have this disdain in your heart for the things of God, if you defy what God is doing when he's reaching out to you with mercy, uh, th th there's an element of antichrist there. So anybody can be antichrist. You just have to be anti-Jesus Christ. And so that's what Goliath represents. David here. Called by God, anointed by God. He was anointed to be king just a chapter or so before this. And the Philistine has disdain for the anointed one. David's anointed by God. He has disdain for him. So do not be fearful, intimidated, or um, afraid when the spirit of this world that manifests through people that partner with that spirit, disdain you, defy you, not interested in what you have to say or what you represent. And even sometimes when you're minding your own business, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. That cannot be the excuse to settle 
to go hide. Because that's how it's going to be till Jesus returns. And so uh, David comes and the Philistine uses the same method he had used for a nation. Now he uses it with the man. He starts speaking. Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks, stones? The Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the fowls in the air and to the beasts of the field. That's what the enemy does. He tells you what he's going to do to you. But if he tells you what he's going to do to you, that means he can't do it. Because if he could have done it, he would have done it with no warning. So if the enemy warns you he's on the way, he's simply trying to intimidate you because he has no authority to come at you. Because if David, if Goliath really was going to go defeat this army, they could have just went and done it. He was trying to bait Israel, trying to continue with intimidation and pick a one-on-one -on -one fight. But what would have happened if a whole nation unified, full of conviction, faith in God and their purpose, would have rushed the Philistine camp? Oh, they would have got victory because Israel had testimonies. Gideon with 300 simply ambushed their enemy one night and broke the pots and shouted unto God. And the enemy of Israel that night self-destructed. So why couldn't it have happened again? Israel simply was hiding because Goliath was speaking words of intimidation. That was it. That was it. So the enemy had him right where he wanted him simply because of his words. And so David is being threatened that he's going to lose the battle even before he fights it. Well, if you believe you're going to lose the battle before you ever fight it, why would you fight? Self-preservation is what's at work here. If I don't stand a chance, I may as well just ride it out. Yeah. Survive, no. There was something in David that was not in his older brothers. David <laughs> did not even acknowledge the threat of Goliath. Goliath says, come to me and I will give your flesh into the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Now, giant, let me tell you what I am about to do to you because the Lord is about to deliver you into my hand. This day, not tomorrow, not next week, not once this whole army gets revived and, and they all start fighting with me. No, no. One man went into a valley and fought the giant of that valley and said, Today is the day that the Lord is going to deliver you into my hand. I will smite you. I will take your head from you. And I will give your carcass of the hosts of the Philistines this day to the fowls of the air. Goliath is called a champion in this chapter. Champion means mighty man, a great man, a strong man. 
Well, Jesus talks to us about a strong man in Matthew chapter 12. And he says in verse 29, he says, Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man? And then he will spoil his house. The strong man. Goliath was the strong man in this season of Israel's history. And all the strong man did was run his mouth until there was somebody that rised up and said, Enough is enough. God is on our side. And Paul says, If God before you, who can be against you? David in this story exemplifies what Jesus is talking about. It's time to spoil the enemy. It's time to get victory in this territory. But first we got to silence the giant. All he speaks is fear and intimidation and threats and lies, 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 lies. So he says, I'm going to do this to you. But David says, no, you're not. I'm anointed to be king. And that promise hasn't been fulfilled yet. So today is the day you are coming down. And the very part of you that speaks lies, I'm going to cut it off so it can never lie to me again. Goliath was going to fight David with a sword and a spear and a shield. But David did not speak of one materialistic weapon when he went into battle with Goliath. He said, I come to you in the name, in the name, in the name. And David takes his sling and his stone. The stone is a type of Christ. The stone is Jesus. Every Old Testament story where you read a stone, it's Jesus. The stone that came down from the mountain and struck the feet of that statue in Daniel's vision, that was Jesus. It was a little stone like a mustard seed. And it came down and it struck the feet of that statue and it was destroyed. And the stone in that vision became a mountain. The stone in David's sling was Jesus. How do you defeat the giant? In the name of Jesus. I'm not going to fight you with my human intellect. I'm not going to fight you out of my own abilities. I'm not going to lift a finger out of my own human talent or intellectualism. I'm not going to debate with you. I'm not going to answer one of your questions. I'm not going to respond to one of your lies. I simply say, this is what you bring against me. Your family's never going to be saved. You're going to go bankrupt. You're going to die sick. 
Your family's going to backslide. Your husband's never going to come back to God. Your wife is never going to be saved. I'm going to kill your kids. I'm going to kill your family. I'm going to destroy this church. This church will never experience the revival God's promised because the region is too hard. The spirits are too great. Those are lies that the enemy has spoken to you. But I come against that spirit today in the name of Jesus Christ. This may seem foolish to some of you, but it's because I'm fighting with spiritual weapons today. I didn't come here to fight this battle with some polished sermon. I simply say in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, this is the day. This, look at somebody and say, this is the day. This is the day. No, 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 no. Say, this is the day. It's not tomorrow the enemy's going to be defeated. Today. Today. What does that name represent? The name. Jesus. Everything about God is in the man Jesus Christ. God was in Christ. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the express image. He's the unique image. When you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus is God, manifest in the flesh. But the elements about God, John tells us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God and His Word are the same. You ever heard of the statement, a man is as only good as his word, meaning his word is him? The identity of his word is connected to him. Now, in the 21st century, nobody really believes that because there's no honor. You can speak whatever you want. I didn't mean to say that. Yes, you did. We all have said things we wish we could take back, but not God. Word, logos, mind, thought, expression. That's what word is, logos. But God is a spirit. That's his species, if you will. That's who he is. That's what he is. He is the father of all creation, all living things, because he is the originator of all things. He is a spiritual being from whom all living things have originated from. And when he wanted to manifest himself in flesh to this world, he manifested his word, his mind, his thought, his expression of thought was fully and completely expressed in the man Jesus Christ. Now watch this, watch this, word. I got this revelation the other day. His spirit is in his word. And you can't remove his spirit from his word. Therefore, his spirit is in his word. So when the word of God is spoken, the spirit of God is released. God is released because he is a spirit and his spirit is holy and almighty. Nothing has ever defeated him or overcome him. So when you speak his word, you are releasing his spirit because his spirit is life. And God said, let there be 
light and God spoke and living things came about. It, the word is life because the spirit of life is in his word and it brings his word. Spirit is likened unto breath and life. Breath. You don't speak really well if you have no breath. You can't utter words very well if you have no breath. So when, the, when you and I speak words, breath is in the words. And the Spirit of God is likened unto breath. So when God speaks His word, His Spirit is in His word. And the word was made flesh. That's why in him was life, spirit, the spirit of God. And that life was the light of men. When the word became flesh, God became flesh. And his spirit was in the man, Jesus Christ. And so now God is here and his name is Jesus Christ. So when you speak the name of Jesus... Everything that God is, is released in that name. And his spirit and his word is in that name. That's why Peter said, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. All power in heaven and earth is in the name Jesus. Which means Yahweh has become my salvation. So the point today, in the face of defiance, in the face of that proud spirit, that whether or not you realize it, wars against your mind daily about the things of God, living for God, believing the promises of God, it wars against your mind daily. The only way it's going to be defeated in your life you rise up and stop trying to get by with carnal methods, your own human intellect, and you simply say, you, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Enough is enough. Revival in my home, in the name of Jesus Christ. Revival in my church in the name of Jesus Christ. Revival in my city in the name of Jesus Christ. You can't have my family. Devil, you cannot have my family. You cannot have my children. You cannot have this church. Enough is enough. This day, the Lord is going to deliver you into my hand. And that great boastful mouth of yours that has been lying to me, I'm about to cut it off with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This building is going to be filled sooner than later. But it's only going to be filled once that giant, that strong man, that champion of this region is no longer intimidating the people of God.
You believe that today? Today's the day. Today is the day. And once David, once David, one man, small in the sight of a whole nation, a little thing, a young boy, defeated Goliath, a national revival broke out. The armies came flooding out of their tents. There was rejoicing, there was singing, there was shouting. This church is small in comparison to many things, but your size doesn't matter. It's how you fight matters. Is today the day the giant's coming down? Because once Goliath falls and his head is cut off, they're gonna start coming out of their tents. I feel that intimidation right now. I feel, no. You can pray. If you're ready to see it happen in your life today, you can pray. It's in the name of Jesus. Why don't you just keep saying that name right now over your family? Why don't you just keep saying that name right now over this church? Are you going to be David or are you going to be the older brother today? You're going to stay in the tent or are you going to run to the valley in the name of Jesus?